Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It means it's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax so we can chat about what is happening in the stars above us for this week, the week of the winter solstice. It is kind of an interesting week as we have several things that we can talk about today. And one of them being, of course, today's Mercury trying Jupiter, Mercury in retrograde trying Jupiter, the moon's presence in the sign of Pisces, uh, the winter solstice to be sure, uh, which is also happening at the same time that the sun and Mercury retrograde host their get together, their conjunction. And uh, then late in the week, we have Mercury in retrograde, moving backward out of Capricorn and back into Sagittarius. So interesting, interesting week. Lots of different things to chat about. Uh, but first this morning, let me wish my youngest daughter a very happy birthday. I do believe she turns 38 today. Jennifer, you are the most beautiful girl. Carry on with the light that you have. We love you so much. Uh, hello to people who are checking in with me this morning already. Debbie Tippett's two meals. She says, hit that like button, please. And thank you for that reminder, Debbie, because I often am forgetting about that. If you are watching me today on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button. If you are watching me today on Facebook, please hit the like button. And no matter where you are today, uh, watching this show, please share it with your friends, your social media, family, etc. Right? Let's get the word out about astrology, as it is such an interesting discipline, isn't it? Uh, today, we're also going to talk about some very powerful human design things that are going along. So all year, I've been trying to create this um, connection for all of you between astrology and human design. So when I talk about the moon, for example, often I'm bringing up the gate that the moon might be in or the gate that the sun and the earth are in for the week, that type of thing. So uh, today we're going to do that as well. And I think I'm going to pick that up as we go into 2024, because I think you guys are getting good enough at this or understanding enough that you can handle uh, this different uh, way of looking at things. Uh, so good morning to those of you out there. JLo, it's good to see you, have you with us. Uh, Narges, good morning. Joan Durchy, hello, Pam. Good morning, Jamon. Good morning to you, Terry. Hello. And Nancy Ross, good morning. Uh, what a beautiful sunny day. I'm not sure where you are, Nancy. <laughs> it is, well, it's kind of sunny out on the edges out there. Like the cloud cover hasn't completely dominated the sky yet. Uh, but I can't see Mount Rainier anymore. So yeah, I think we have rain coming. And I also want to wish Pauline Blenner a happy birthday for tomorrow. Tomorrow is her solar return. And uh, I like that we can uh, wish each other birthdays and anniversaries and take care of each other's health here in the morning broadcast. Joan says, I like that human design part of this program. Oh, very good. Christy Black, good morning to you. Teddy, good morning to you. Good morning, Christine. And it, it, it seems like the gang is all here this morning. So 
let's dive in first. So basically, then I'm going to go through the moon in Pisces, because that's an important transit that's happening today and tomorrow. And I want to talk about the two gates that the moon will be sitting in because they're very important. And then I typically don't talk much about Mars unless he's really out there in our in our faces. And he is in our faces this week. And so I want to talk about that. And then Mercury retrograde in the trine to Jupiter. And then we'll jump into the winter solstice. And I just got to tell you, I get a really kind of peaceful... And as soon as I say that, somebody will bomb somebody. Uh, but I get a peaceful feeling, at least for us as individuals, an optimistic feeling uh, as we move into the winter solstice this week. And remember, the energy of the season, so when we set up a chart for the moment that the sun makes a move into a new season, we can actually make an astrology chart for that day. And we can get a, a sort of picture, if you will, it's like any other natal chart, we can get a picture of what the season will bring. And I was really gratified when I pulled the chart for the winter solstice. So uh, I'm thinking that's some really good news for all of us as we end 2023 and move on into 2024. So today, though, the moon is transiting Pisces, and it is a sign of emotions and intuition and uh, sensitivity and all of those gifts that we have internally like that are heightened during the moon's transit. There's a real affinity between the moon and what she represents as the ruler of cancer, a fellow water sign to Pisces energy. And so it represents for us the compassion, the creativity, the spirituality, the imagination, all being triggered today while the moon is in this sign. And we could become inspired to connect our inner wisdom to our inner wisdom, right? So not so much our looking outside of ourselves for wisdom, but being able to connect within and then to be able to express our feelings and emotions uh, through art, perhaps, through spirituality, perhaps, through empathizing with other people. But the moon here can also trigger a heightened sense of sensitivity, and that can make us more impressionable, like other people can have more boom in their impact with us during the moon in Pisces. And we're also more prone to escape, escape the pain of the day, escape the pain of our lives, to walk away from things that are uh, painful and we may feel overwhelmed by the emotions of it all today because the emotions are very heightened. And we may be, um, especially if you have an open emotional center, you may be very um, much uh, impacted by what the rest of the people around you are feeling. You know, I noticed something really interesting in my family. I pull all of my family's charts, of course, so I know what everybody is. I uh, you know, at least superficially, that there are only three of us out of the 20 some people that are my closest family. And in that, I mean, my children and my grandchildren and my sons-in-laws and uh, my spouse himself that have a defined emotional center. The other 17 or so have open emotional centers. So they're taking in all of the emotion from the world around them. And when they when we take in that emotional energy, we tend to uh, amplify it 
And then we tend to rebroadcast it. And then the, the, the mismatch here is that it's not even our own emotions. But what the person with the open emotional center may feel, and actually all of us may be feeling a little bit this week or today and tomorrow with the moon in Pisces, is this need to sort of dial it down, right? To try to placate and to try to make nice, right? Not to feel those highs or those lows, right? So we try to bring it into the middle of the stream. And sometimes that means that we're not walking our talk. Sometimes that means we're just saying whatever it is we think we need to say to make other people happy. And worse, sometimes we're doing things that are designed to make other people happy, but aren't what we want, right? So we have to be very watchful uh, of this for the moment. And uh, the key for the moon in Pisces transit is to balance those elements of imagination and sensitivity with discernment and boundaries. Now, those are two words that are actually Virgo words. And I'm just going to give you a little snippet here of 2024. If you are a Virgo or you have Virgo prominently placed in your chart, it's going to be an interesting year for you because we have Saturn and Neptune that will be uh, very powerful in the sign of Pisces, which is opposite of Virgo. And so there's going to be some push and pull between this part of you that needs to use discernment and to um, be uh, away from fantasy and imagination to draw boundaries uh, versus the part of you that comes untethered, if you will. So just a little key piece of info. And by the way, a, a lot of you have already purchased the a webinar for the astrology of 2024, which will be on December 28th at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. East Coast time. I believe that's 8 p.m. for those of you in uh, the universal time zone. And uh, during that time, I will break down everything for 2024. And I was really getting into it yesterday as I was breaking all of this stuff down. Um, it is fascinating what 2024 will bring. Fascinating, maybe not so. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say fascinating. We'll just leave it at that. So today, and tomorrow, balance the energies of your imagination, your creativity, your tendency to want to escape into that fantasy world or into the unreal uh, with discernment, with boundaries, with practicality. That is the uh, way that we move through these next couple of days. Um, so now let's talk about some of the key things specifically that the moon can bring us in Pisces. Emotions and intuition heightened. Well, of course, we know that, right? It's an emotional sign. It is a sign that influences our instincts. So we can become very aware of our inner voice at this point in time. So we can experience things on a more deeply intuitive level. And along with that, as I was thinking about how uh, Piscean moon uh, impacts me. And that's the only thing I can really tell you, right, is I can tell you the basics, and I can tell you how it impacts me, that often I feel when the moon is in Pisces, a sort of nagging intuition, that um, something is going to go wrong, that uh, some kind of upheaval is going to happen. And th what that is doing, what that is telling me, 
and it would be telling you as well, is that there's still something I'm holding on to of a fear-based notion. When instinct and intuition triggers that kind of fear response for you, there's still something there that you are needing to work through, right? Some kind of fear. What is that fear? And there are key fears that we all feel like we're going to be abandoned, uh, that we are going to not belong, that uh, we're going to uh, be guilty of something on and on, right? These are survival sort of fears. Uh, So those are all heightened during this period of time. But they open a pathway for us to question, well, what is it that I'm still afraid of, right? Ask the questions. Um, We are inspired then from that to connect to our inner wisdom, to tap into that knowledge and wisdom that we hold deeply within us, the spiritual insights that we're carrying. Um, It's an invitation to connect to our higher self. It is about seeking meaning beyond the material plane. So interesting when you have this time of year where it's all about how much do I spend to buy gifts for everybody in my family? Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I almost always somehow feel I left somebody out or I didn't, you know, spend evenly so that I need to go buy more for someone because, oh my God, I only spent $50 on this person and I spent 38 on this, or I mean, 100 on this person, whatever it is, right? So materialism being set aside in favor of more spirituality or more inner uh, work. Now, this is also a highly artistic time. Pisces is quite creative and has a lot of imagination and fantasy energy that's built into it. And so we may find ourselves during this time with a desire to do more art or express our artistic um, things that we want through poetry or painting or dancing or acting or uh, any other form of creative expression, writing even, singing even. So however it is that you express your creativity is heightened at this point in time, and as well as our empathy is heightened during this time. And this is where we need to watch out. Empathy um, is our heart to heart, right? That we are able to understand, to feel for our fellow, the state of our fellow humans, right? Whether that is uh, people in your family or your friends or people around the world who are suffering through something, we can empathize with them. It is um, sharing in the emotions of other people. That's what we can do very clearly as humans. We are all, uh, we all have an empathetic nature. And of course, we all express that differently. And that is to say it's different to have an empathetic nature than it is to become an empath or to be an empath. We get those confused often. Um, So we're fostering a sense of compassion. We're interconnected or wanting to become interconnected. And that triggers our empathy for one another versus being an empath, which is an, an empath, a true empath is someone who feels deeply other people's feelings. They're taking them in and making them their own. And until they really understand that that's what they're doing, they can be a mess emotionally, right? Um, So keep that in mind. Um, Also, we're very more sensitive and impressionable during this time. People have an impact on us and we have an impact on others, right? In a way that we might not even recognize. So beware of that. 
we can be very susceptible to external influences during this time period, but other people also who are not understanding the moons in Pisces and so I'm much more sensitive today are also impacted by uh, what you're saying and what you're doing and how your behavior is impacting them. So the um, balance here, balancing imagination with discernment, right? Always, always, always. So um, be mindful of the potential for that heightened sensitivity, for that heightened emotional expression. Um, also be aware of the heightened impact of dreams, right? Dreams. I find I dream more in moon in Pisces than I do when it's in other signs, but not necessarily understanding what the dreams mean. There's a lot of symbology in dreams. So Pisces is a place where we need to understand our own symbologies. Boom. All right, there we go. Let's see what's going on out here. Um, three out of 20 family, you guys must be the ones who clear ancestral issues for the family. Uh, yes, or we are the emotional reactive ones. It's me, my husband and my oldest daughter. We're the only three with the defined emotional center. The rest of them are all including all the grandkids. All of my grandkids have open emotional centers. So, so interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, our nightmares regarding the past common. Uh, yeah, I would say that's true, especially, Christine, because Mercury is retrograde. And so if we are hesitant to revisit um, things that have come into our mind over the previous uh, four months, three months, then those very things may play out in our dreams, especially when the moon transits through Pisces. So I would not be surprised to see that people might be experiencing nightmares or because of the sensitivity of, uh, of our heightened emotions and our intuition, that that can translate into the nighttime dreams, because that is where we can sort of process um, what it is that we're hesitant to process during the day or, or when we're awake. <clears throat> so interesting, right? Okay, now, if we look at where the moon is transiting in human design, which is always the, you know, the I don't know. I just like to get that. I think having additional words because I'm a Gemini, those additional words, they really feel good. <laughs> um, so the additional words today for the moon moving through Pisces is that the moon is moving first through the gate 37, which sits on the emotional center. And it brings up feelings of warmth and loyalty and generosity and compassion. It is known as the gate of friendship. And yet we're also challenged by the moon in this case to be authentic and honest and respectful in our interactions with everyone, including ourselves, right? It doesn't do us any good to disrespect ourselves in order to be respectful of someone else. That is not required. Right? That does not compute. But the transit through the gate 37 can help us deepen our connection with family and with friends uh, or with the people who share our values and our vision. Um, and we can also find ourselves attracting new people, new, new listeners to the morning show, for, perhaps, or new people in your uh, sphere of influence that are like-minded, right? The 37. Now, it can also be in the negative because all of these things are, there's duality. So we're expressing through the full gamut of uh, energies for that gate. 
And the trigger here could be conflicts and disagreements uh, with others when we are not aligned with our true selves. Um, if we encounter people who don't honor our boundaries uh, and or our needs. And it was funny because I was thinking about this a little bit this morning because I really wanted to reach out to someone and draw them back into um, our family. And I decided not to do that because I would not be honoring that person's boundaries and I would be slipping my own boundaries here, right? Where I've already agreed, I understand what you're doing and I would be out of uh, um, integrity here. So it's important for us to remain, remain true to ourselves, not giving away ourselves, not going back on our word, because it damages relationships. And the 37 um, is an emotional connection that we have to our friends and our families and our connections, right? So we want to stay as true as we can and not damage what we've already built. So it's really important to be mindful of that. Now, the moon is moving through here quickly. So interesting that it happened to me this morning while the moon is in that gate, but soon the moon will slip the bounds of the gate 37 and move into the next gate, uh, the gate 63. And that means later in the day, we may all be filled with doubt, self-doubt. We may be questioning ourselves, our motivations, our reasons, uh, our worth, our value, and that can be something that we don't want to entertain, even if though it's just a short period of time. It is okay to doubt what you're hearing or what you're reading or what other people say to you. It is not okay to doubt yourself, right? Don't doubt your heart. Don't doubt your motivations. You can question your motivations. You can question what it is that you're thinking. But don't doubt that what you are going through is, is true for you, right? Is your heart, your soul. Even if it's not exactly a positive thing, it doesn't have to be, right? Because if you're experiencing it, it's true for you, right? It's true for you. So today, 37 and 63, both of those gates are definitely Piscean energy, I find the 63 an interesting one because it, it likes to ask the questions, um, how can I prove this, right? How can I prove that I'm worthy? How can I prove that I'm right and you're wrong? Slippery slope, that one. <laughs> um, because sometimes we get so, we get so full of, you know, righteousness, remember the sun is still in Sagittarius, the sign of righteousness when we get right down to it. <clears throat> so we want to be very careful that we don't doubt ourselves, but we also don't want to get into a position of getting so connected to our truth that we feel like nobody else's truth is real either. I'm not saying that you need to adopt somebody else's truth, but what I am saying is you honor the fact that people have different truths. It's a difficult one, right? And another person's truth might, might cause you to doubt your own knowingness. So the moon playing an interesting role today in human design. All right. Um, 
Christine says, I had a nightmare that those who harmed me in the past were beating the heck out of me. I woke up sore as if it happened. Ooh, Christine. Ouch. Nice to play that out in a dream, though, in a safe place. Even though it felt so real, there is um, the possibility you're still holding on to some angst around what people have beat you up for in the past. Like, is there some niggling part of you that thinks maybe they were right in what they were doing? I mean, I'm not saying that's true, but, you know, take a look at all of that. Um, and let's see, Pauline, Tina, good morning to you. And trust uh, and authenticity frequency is a higher on the scale of consciousness, according to David Hawkins. That's absolutely correct, Pauline. And uh, what she is talking about is the book, oh, I will think of it in a minute, um, where David Hawkins wrote the book about the different frequencies, the different emotions, and what frequency they hold. So ideally, when you're feeling an emotion, let's say uh, depression, um, if you're feeling depressed, then in that kind of um, belief system, moving from depression to anger, anger has a higher frequency than depression. So you can raise your frequency, you might not be able to jump from depression to joy. But you can jump perhaps from depression to anger. And then from anger, maybe you can go to the next one up. And, and so it's about remembering that no matter what your emotional alignment is at the moment, we can always increase the frequency, even if it's just a little bit. So that's the book by David Hawkins. And Pauline, I can't remember the name of it. If you remember it, please put it down here for us uh, because it's a really, it's a good book to have. Okay. Now, I also told you I wanted to talk about Mars because if you'll remember last week, we had the sun moving through the gate 26, the gate of integrity, right? The gate of honesty, the gate of being true to yourself. And today now Mars has moved into the gate 26. And this is an activator. Mars activates energy. He's an action planet. And in human design, Mars will also show us where we have some maturing to do. Now, I don't care how old you are, there's always maturing to be done. It doesn't mean that you're a child and that you need to grow up, but it means that there are many parts of ourselves that we can mature through all of our lives up until the day you die, right? You could be maturing in some way. And what we want to be maturing at this point or what we are challenged by is about being honest with ourselves and others being in integrity and being truthful, right? Truthful with yourself and others and authentic in your communication and your actions, especially when you're dealing with authority figures or influential people. Like you don't want to sell yourself as something you are not, right? Because it will become very clear very quickly that you were lying, that you were not in integrity. And that's not a good way that devalues yourself. It causes self-esteem uh, issues and, of course, does not work well in relationships. It is not the way we build relationships, whether it's with an employer, a family member, a friend, a neighbor, etc. We have to be 
in our own authority or in our integrity. And Mars transiting this gate 26, which by the way, sits on the heart center of your human design. It's a little triangle. Probably seven eighths of you have that center open in your human design. And the other one eighth of you have it defined. And some of you may have that gate already defined. Maybe it hangs, it doesn't go all the way across. And now you're adding another planet's energy to that. Some of you do not have this gate to find at all. And now suddenly integrity is a big deal, right? Being true to you. Okay. Now, um, so the opportunity is to express your own individuality and to do that with charisma, with joy, with authenticity, and to stand up for your values and your principles, especially if some, now I'm not saying that you have to do that in a victim-y, um, angry sort of way. Mars can be that way. It can be assertive. It can be aggressive, but one doesn't need to if one just stands in their principles. I We can agree to disagree, right? We don't have to all think alike. We don't all have to be alike, but we can agree to disagree. Now, it can also bring some pressure or conflict for us if we are not aligned with our own truth, or if we encounter resistance from others who have a different perspective. Two, one of two things can happen if we're operating in the negative. It's kind of like in the gene keys, where there's the repressed way of behaving in the shadow, and when there's the uh, more, uh, I forgot the word he uses, but the more authoritative way, um, the more um, angry way to express it. One way is that we get so involved in our own way of thinking that we absolutely cannot agree with anybody, right? We can get so caught up in that. And on the other hand, we can get to the repressed way, which is to constantly and consistently give up our own integrity because somebody else's seems so much stronger than ours, right? So somebody else really expressing their authenticity and their integrity does not mean that yours is incorrect. It's correct for you. So we want to avoid those uh, either or kind of things, stay in our own integrity, and also allow for others to be in theirs. Now, uh, Mars is a slower moving inner planet. And he is actually there from today all the way through Christmas Day. So when most of us here are gathered with our families, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, we will have to remember that we need to stay in our own integrity. All right. All right. Any questions about that? Kathy Miller. Oh my gosh. It's so good to see you. I so am glad to have you with us and I hope you're feeling so much better. Teresa D. Good morning. Uh, lying is a great way to instantly drop that frequency. <laughs> uh, Pauline says, give up authority too, besides integrity. Um, I think you're meaning the negative kinds of authority where, uh, you know, we're in a power grab, right? Or we're setting ourselves up to be the authority and no one else can possibly meet us there. And uh, that, of course, we do want to uh, avoid. Asa, good morning to you. And if there's anybody else out there that I missed, uh, welcome to the show. And don't forget, 
please hit the thumbs up if you're on YouTube, hit the like button if you're on Facebook, and please, if you're enjoying the broadcast, share it with your social media and your friends and family. All right, now I want to go to what is going on today astrologically. I got to move it on because we're going to not get to the winter solstice. Uh, Mercury retrograde in Capricorn today comes into a trine, an ease and a flow of, with the energies of Jupiter in Taurus. And it, you know, remember, Mercury retrograde is usually associated with communication delays, travel delays, misunderstandings, technical glitches, that kind of thing. By the way, I had a technical glitch this weekend. My screen went white and I couldn't get out of it. And I discovered, because I couldn't figure out how to, I couldn't turn my computer off. I unplugged it from its power source, turned it over to get the battery out. Guess what? I cannot take my battery out of my computer. It's in an enclosed, it's tight, like I can't find the box where you could open it up. And that would normally reset your computer. Eek! So that was an interesting technical glitch. Um, but when Mercury in retrograde forms a trine with Jupiter, the planet of luck and fortune, really, right? Luck and fortune um, and expansion. It can help us actually to sort of revisit those old ideas and plans and projects and give us an opportunity to bring new perspectives and optimism to them. So it's very helpful. So today, that's a very positive expression for Mercury retrograde. So remember, Mercury's in Capricorn, a sign of ambition and responsibility and structure and form. And Taurus is a fellow Earth sign with Capricorn, and it's a sign of stability and comfort and security, right? So when these two Earth energies kind of get harmonious, as they are with Mercury and um, Jupiter in a trine, um, they can create a solid foundation uh, for our personal and our professional growth by looking backwards, right? Go backwards, rediscover, put a re in front of it, and you're guaranteed to have some, um, you know, success here. Revisit, reform, reimagine, reevaluate. So, that is the transit that we have today. We might also find ourselves, because of Jupiter's tendency to bring luck and fortune, attracting more abundance to ourselves, maybe recognition even for a job well done, success, right? And so, so it doesn't always mean that a, a Mercury retrograde with a planet brings the negative side of it. It can bring back the positive side. Maybe you're being re recognized for something you did previous that went unrecognized, right? There's that. Um, we might also reconnect with people that share our values and our wisdom. Maybe people that we haven't talked to in a while. Um, we can reconnect with them. And above all, this day, today and tomorrow, and likely yesterday, even in some ways, is a good time to review our goals. You don't have to set new goals right now. In fact, I would say not until after we get into January, is it a good time to actually set intentions or goals and that type of thing. But review your goals, especially the ones from 2023. How far are you between the goal you set and where you are? Revise your strategies. If it didn't work the way you were doing it, revise, recommit to your dreams, recommit to your projects, to the people in your life, your relationships, and renew 
your confidence and faith in yourself, right? That's huge today. And a good way for us to remember um, would be Mars, you know, transiting through the 26, bringing us back to uh, an importance of our integrity, being true to ourselves. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see. New comments. Um, da, 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 da. Yes, Pauline, you do understand that. Uh, J-Lo, uh, that's really sweet. Wishing you a happy early birthday. It's just one day, right? Actually, if I pulled your chart today, today may actually be your birthday. I don't know. I would have to look at your chart. Uh, okay, let's transfer over now to uh, the winter solstice. And I, I really, um, I really like to look at the solstices and also at the equinoxes uh, because they bring us, you know, in human design, once we get to a solstice, we always find ourselves in the gates of love. There are four main gates of love the love of the physical body or embodiment, the love of spirit, the love of our fellow human beings and our compassion, and the love of self. Those are the four main gates. And every season, we walk through a gateway that implies for us to, uh, to bring in more love, right? More love. And when we get to this particular uh, time of year, the winter solstice, uh, summer solstice for those of you down under, um, we get to a place where the sun is in the gate of self-love and the earth is in the gate of the love of humanity or compassion, right? Being generous. So it takes on a very people-oriented energy and the people energy there, the love of the people and you as a people, as a person, the love of yourself. And it's always a turning point for us. And it's an invitation. Maybe it's more of an invitation than a turning point. And the invitation would be to be more loving to you, right? Uh, one of, I, I gave my youngest daughter for her birthday a book on self-love. It's actually a workbook. And I didn't, I had, didn't get a chance to read through it myself all the way, but I was like so impressed with this book that I might end up putting it on my website and, and sending it out for people to buy this book uh, because it has so much good stuff in it. And this is the time of year for this, right? The invitation as well as the invitation to love our fellow human beings. Now, the gate 15, which these are, by the way, on the diamond in the center of your human design. It's called the identity center or the G center. It is also called the magnetic monopole. And a monopole means that it is a one-way magnet, essentially, right? It is only able to attract to you, right? So you essentially have a magnet at your core, that is inviting experiences and people and opportunities in that match your frequency, okay? So if your frequency is dialed down low in the self-love quotient, then what happens is opportunities for you to see yourself in a more loving light come up. And that might mean because of the way that you think about yourself, that you're actually drawing people to you that show you that you're not worthy or that 
you have no real value. So think about that, right? What are you attracting to you? And be open and honest with yourself about what that is. Because the invitation from the universe at this point in time is to become more self-loving. Now, on the other hand, is the energy of the love of humanity, which means that we also have to be very aware that it's important to love ourselves if we're going to appropriately love our fellow human beings, right? You, You can't offer up something to somebody in the most profound way if you don't, you yourself carry it. Okay. So love is the invitation, loving of yourself and loving of the fellow human beings on planet Earth here with you, even if you come from different backgrounds, even if you don't like them much, right? They are still worthy and valuable and are also um, worthy of love, right? Okay, so that's the most interesting thing about any solstice or any equinox. We are walking through the gates of love. Now, this year at the solstice, one of the most interesting things, and I got to find the chart because I got to show it to you. And I kind of highlighted it here. So one of the most interesting things that I see in this chart, and I drew this blue line right here to show you, is that there is a hemispheric um, emphasis, right? The, this is called the Western Hemisphere of the chart because the North is down here. That's the North. This is the South. So if this is North, then this is West, and then this is East, right? So we have a very strong Western Hemispheric energy with almost all of the planets between the fourth and the ninth house. And one lone planet out here Venus and uh, Pallas are kind of close to that, so I didn't count them as the ones holding the balance. But who's holding the balance over here is the Black Moon Lilith. So, I mean, just from that alone, what I saw is the invitation to clear our shadows, to sort of, uh, well, let's first talk about, well, what does the Black Moon Lilith mean in Virgo? Well, it's a time of intense self-analysis and purification, right? Cleaning out the cobwebs in the mind, cleaning out the body, detoxifying the body, detoxifying and purifying our environments, right? So the uh, the fact that the black moon in Lilith is holding, she's holding the balance over here, means that this is energy that is time for us to work on ourselves, right? To purify ourselves, to clean ourselves out. Now, literally that could mean the physical body, but it also might mean to release toxic emotions, toxic beliefs, toxic, you fill in the blank, right? Foods, uh, drinks, uh, toxins in general, right? Sometimes that means we have to release toxic relationships, lots of different things here. So when Lilith transits Virgo, we're feeling a very strong urge, urge to to cleanse, to detox, to organize, to perfect, right? Um, To simplify our lives. She's holding the balance, the strength of all of the planets in the winter solstice that are over there in the Western hemisphere. Now, a Western hemisphere, each of the hemispheres and um, 
quadrants, we called them to hold a specific meaning. Like if I saw a preponderance of planets like this in a person's chart in the Western hemisphere, I would say this is a person who is other oriented, right? Person who is other oriented, meaning I'm very concerned about relationships, about interconnectedness, about all the commonalities that we have and also about our differences and noticing how that creates this tapestry of humanity. Um, and it is also a very receptive time. So we're not talking about a person, though. We're talking about a season that's beginning with this quality of energy. And it means that for these next three months, we can become very people-oriented or very much aware of our impact on others. And that also translates into our being more open to what others are experiencing, uh, possibly about new new beliefs or new philosophies, um, interesting differences, noticing how we're alike. So it's a very, to me, I think this is a very uh, positive season. Now, to be sure, there are transits that will occur in this three-month period of time that are curling my hair as I look at them. But if we remember that the season, this, this particular season is born in other orientation, in the love of humanity, in the love of ourselves, and that it's a time for us to be more open-hearted and more open-minded, then you can get through anything in these next three months, right? Now, when I look at the solstice, especially the winter solstice, I think of it as the new year. Uh, because January 1st is just arbitrary. I mean, that works for taxes. It works for financials, for corporations, and so on and so forth. But the winter solstice is truly the beginning of the new year in terms of the calendar. It's an ending that's also bringing a beginning, right? It's leading us into this is the last quarter, if you will. If, if actually the astrological new year begins at zero Aries, then these last three signs, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, they are going to be the ones that kind of bring a close to all of the energies of 2023. I hope that makes sense, right? So I think of winter as the actual new year, at least from the physical standpoint, that we cross through a gateway that reminds us to be more inclusive, the, to be more tolerant and accepting of ourselves and others and more loving to ourselves and others. Isn't that a wonderful place to start? Uh, and is this in the seventh house? Tina says, well, the seventh house is in that hemisphere, right? Because it's the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and then the seventh, eighth, and ninth. So those six houses are involved in that hemisphere. And there are planets in every one of those houses, right? <laughs> and some of them are in an interesting relationship with one another, which also validates for me that these are really um, positive times. And or the season brings with it sort of this undercurrent that's very positive because the sun and Mercury retrograde are in a conjunction during the winter solstice. In fact, just prior to the solstice, they will have come into their exact conjunction. That marks the halfway period of the Mercury retrograde um, uh, expression. And 
it is marking the time of Mercury's new cycle beginning. Mercury's new cycle with the sun begins in retrograde, right? That's called an inferior conjunction. And it acts very much like a new moon in that it brings a new beginning between the sun and Mercury, right? Your personality and who you are and what you're good at and the communication skills, the mind skills um, to be able to pull it off. And they are both in Capricorn and in a sextile, which is a harmonious, harmonious and or harmonizing energy with the planet Saturn in Pisces. So the sun and Mercury conjunct, bringing new ideas, new concepts, new energy around communication, around new business, right? That's a very business-oriented sign uh, about new goals and aspirations that can be worked through with Saturn in Pisces in a very positive way. Remember, Saturn in Pisces is helping us to bring down walls or at least notice them. Right. And notice where we where we have too stringent of boundaries or notice where we have no boundaries. Right. So Saturn in Pisces recalling us to be spiritually engaged. Saturn in Pisces reminding us that sometimes we have to relinquish some of those boundaries that we've we've held together, bring the walls down. Typically, those walls and those boundaries are built upon fear. So underneath it all is letting go of fear, right? So now why, how that might work in the winter for us is let's say you are a business person and you have this new goal or you have this new dream or this new program you want to launch. Um, the sun and Mercury together say, okay, let's get it together. Let's get that plan made. And the sextile to Saturn says, and by the way, let yourself out of the fear involved in putting that out there. Okay. You may not want to launch it this day, right, on the winter solstice, because Mercury is still retrograde, but you can put all the pieces together to do that. Now, on the other end, our other luminary, the moon, on the winter solstice is in a conjunction, a little bit far away, but still within orb of Jupiter. Jupiter's in retrograde. So what what dreams and projects and and opportunities are coming back to us at this period of time that then the moon can add some emotion to. The moon is very new in the sign of Taurus at the winter winter solstice, right? Remember, we're in Pisces, and then it's going to go into Aries and then Taurus. And uh, that puts it in a sextile as well to Saturn in Pisces. So that to me means that we are uh, able to take a balanced approach to putting uh, and enacting our dreams, right? It, it, it gives us the imagination, the optimism, the hope, and the faith in ourselves to be able to do something, right? Something uh, in a practical way, because we have emotional stability with the moon in Taurus, in Taurus. Excuse me. We also have, you know, a stability with Jupiter here that has been um, slowly bringing us more faith in ourselves, right? More faith in how we are expressing ourselves, our truths uh, in the world. So we have all of that. So we have expansion and growth, emotional equanimity in a sextile to Saturn and Pisces that is helping us to, again, bring down the fear. To me, all of this spells 
um, the um, being able to uh, attract emotional stability and practicality, um, being disciplined in our approach to bringing up our dreams and our goals and working toward those goals and dreams. Um, Taurus, of course, uh, the moon and Jupiter there encouraging us to focus on the material, on the practical side of things, not just the whimsical uh, pie in the sky kinds of things, um, the sensual things, right? What can we do with our hands? How do we see things? How do we smell things? Uh, how, how do we bring all of the senses engaged? And being supportive then to Saturn and Pisces, adding some need for structure and some form and imagination, right, to our emotional experiences. So to me, when I look at the um, winter solstice, it is, I, I feel that there's potential for peace. But here's the thing. Peace isn't just gonna happen, right? Success is not just gonna happen. We have to claim it. We have to take steps toward it. We have to align ourselves emotionally, physically, mentally with it, with whatever it is that we want. If it's peace, right? If it's peace, we have to do things that are peaceful, that, that, that resonate with peace. If we want to be successful, we have to do the same thing. It isn't just gonna happen. Just because I see, oh my God, we have all this wonderful potential in this season to bring these beautiful energies of love of self, love of humanity, peace. The gate 37, where the moon is today, is a gate that also is sometimes the gate of peace, the gate of harmony. But if we want to bring that in, we have to resonate to it. You can't bring in harmony if you're angry. You can't bring in success if you're worried about failure. You can't bring in peace if you're at war within yourself or with others around you, especially within you, right? All right. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about? Um, no, I think I think I actually got through it all. Wow. Amazing. All right, questions from anybody out there while I get ready to draw some cards. Uh, so, Pauline, north, south nodes, Aries, and Libra affects this relationships definitely. Oh, definitely. Right? And we still have about a year to experience the uh, Aries north node, right? Becoming more aware of our identity, being truer to ourselves, and being willing to allow others the same, right? Because Libra South Node says we have to stop people pleasing. We have to stop doing and saying things that make other people happy, but don't make us happy. But we also need to uh, avail our relationships to the same things that we want. If we want to be able to be true to ourselves, then we have to allow others to be true to themselves. If we want to have uh, our own freedom and our own, um, uh, you know, ability to move forward, then we have to allow that for other people. We can't move forward if we're holding down other people, 
So the whole axis is about how do we work in our relationships? How do I stay true to me, but also allow you to be true to you? And that's not always so easy. It sounds easy as I say it, <laughs> but, but in practice, we're not really good at it. Just witness what's going on in Israel, right? We have two great peoples that have different identities. They are as different as night and day. And to bring peace, they're going to have to see the value in each other's uh, beliefs and each other's cherished um belief systems, philosophies, doesn't mean they have to believe the same way as the other, but they have to allow it. You don't have peace when you don't have the ability to do that. So, all right, let's draw some cards, shall we? For today, uh, I, I kind of am feeling galactic. That's upside down, galactic. So I'm feeling galactic and I'm, along with that, I'm also feeling like we need some Pleiadian wisdom. Uh, and the reason I say that is because what I'm, sorry, I got to move all my stuff out of the way, is that I feel like we as humans on this little blue planet are in a position to evolve beyond the limitations that we have held onto for a long time. 2024 for us is going to be that pivot year. Um, it's going to be that pivot year where we have to really choose where, what are, what are we going to, to do? Who are we going to be? And ooh, what energies are we going to resonate with? And here I just pulled the card leaving home. It is card number 104, and it is the Asasani peoples, uh, life forms, that are in a parallel to Earth at this point in time. So, hold on. These are long. I need Wata. Uh, 104. So, now I know these cards wax a little bit out there, right? They're different as in odd, perhaps, unique, uh, eccentric. <sighs> but if you accept that we are a small part of a bigger story of the universe, then it's not so hard to believe that there are other human humanoids, other lives, other life forms that we can draw on for wisdom here on Earth. So the Essasani, a cross between humans and Zetas, Zetas are another type of, um, of off-world life, eventually had to integrate all their lessons, evolve as a species, and leave home, walk into their own future, and find their own path. Humanity is facing this challenge now as we struggle to find ourselves. You, too, are at this crucial nexus point of evolution. This is a beautiful yet bittersweet place to be. You must do your spiritual homework, make conscious and courageous choices, and find your own path. Do not fear who you truly are. This represents the potential for a new birth and the importance of consciously creating your future starting now. I love it. I just said, if you want peace, you have to be peace, right? You can't do that without working through the parts of you that aren't in alignment with that. Here's the commentary. The Essasani species is a hybrid of human and Zeta and is highly evolved, but they did not have role models in the same way we do. They were true pioneers. 
Their evolutionary path was very lonely in some ways, and they had to consistently walk into the unknown. If you pulled this card, its message can vary. Most likely, the card is telling you that you may have to leave home metaphorically like a teenager does when he or she becomes an adult. You may have to make some choices to walk a path that is solitary, but authentic for you. Rather than doing what society, religion, or family pressures uh, do to you or choose for you. However, there is a warning. If you choose to walk a unique path that is different from those around you, make sure it is done because this path is an authentic expression of you rather than a rebellion against what you don't like. This is a very important distinction. Rebelliousness always attaches you to unhealed issues. Perhaps this card is telling you that it is a time to begin your, to embrace your own unique, authentic self. This unique, authentic self is not an expression of ego. It is simply an expression of the natural flow of the universe working through the physical expression of you on this earth. No matter which meaning is appropriate for you, listen closely for the inner whisperings about the next step. In the end, we all must have the courage to leave home in order to recognize our true home. So it's a metaphor, not truly leaving home, but a metaphor. I like it. Uh, okay, and the Pleiadian card. Let's. Okay. These cards I love too. I don't have a Christmas deck, Pauline. Sorry. Uh I have a Halloween deck, but hmm. all right. So today we pulled Nature Resonance. It's card number nine. It's really kind of beautiful. I love the way the light plays on it. And it says to understand the energy of a place, feel the energy of the land through your hand and foot chakras. Interesting. And nine in nature. Okay, so it says, nature provides helpful information about your resonance with any place or location on earth. If you wish to understand the particular energy of or vibration of where you are, simply quiet yourself and listen to what is being shared with you. Pay attention to what you feel as you quietly sit or stand in nature and listen. The land, the trees, the plants, the rocks, the water will all speak to you and let you know which energies are present. You may even be able to hear the messages whispered in the wind. Notice if you feel resonance in the place where you are. Use your hand and foot chakras to sense the energy that is present around you. If you do not have resonance with the place, you will feel a sense of disharmony or discomfort. In that case, it is best for you to find a place that is more resonant with your energy. When you are in resonance with a place, you will feel harmony within you. Resonance is an important concept for understanding harmony and connection with all energies here on earth and in the cosmos, including resonance with other people. Now, the universal energy nine, the number, is about universal energy, and it's the number of harmony. It says nature is your greatest asset for returning harmony to your life. Pay attention to the resonance of the energy in every place you go to determine if you are surrounding yourself with harmonious energy. I love it, right? Perfect card for us for today. All right, that 
is it for me today. Thank you all for being here with me. Uh, I am going to be on air on Friday, the 22nd. So I will see you all then and we'll take a look at what Mercury's move back into Sagittarius heralds for all of us. In the meantime, take care. Much love to all of you. See you on Friday. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.